Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Thursday edition, where we will talk about... No, no, no. This, this is going to be a Monday edition. Oh, this is the Monday. Excuse me. So weak, Gary. <laughs> yeah, so this is the Monday edition. But regardless, we're still going to be answering a question. Okay, so it's going to be a question-based podcast. And that question is, Patrick? I don't know, Gary. The, no, question. the question the question was actually a question that uh, I got on Instagram. Um, well, it was more, I'm not even going to say a, a, a question. It was more of a, I don't even know what the terminology is. It was basically, they wanted to know if their approach was correct. Right? And it was actually really funny because I was actually talking to someone else in the gym that I train in earlier in the week about that same topic. You know, they were saying like, oh, I have to wait X amount of time to do this thing before I can do this other thing, which we'll get to. Um, and they were basically the, in, the, in my Instagram DMs, they were just kind of going, oh, is this the best approach? Because they're setting up their kind of diet, fat loss, all that kind of stuff for the new year, right? And effectively, the, the topic we're going to discuss is two two factors here, right? First of all, it's, should I lose fat first and then focus on muscle building? Right. And then also, should I do mainly cardio first and then focus on doing the weights, you know, the weights. And so they're the kind of two, two topics, right. Or the two, two parts to this question, because both of those individuals were under the assumption that they should, first of all, Focus on fat loss. So they have some fat to lose, whatever it is, 10, 15 kilos, whatever. Uh, and they both were suggesting that to get the, the body that they want, to get the physique that they want, to get the, the health outcomes, performance outcomes, etc., everything that they wanted, that they are, they must, they have to lose fat first and then they can start building muscle. And that the way they were going to go about it was to mainly do cardio first, you know, maybe three, four, five, six sessions per week. And then once they've got down their body fat to a quote unquote acceptable level for them, then they can start focusing on building muscle. Right. And that's what we're going to discuss it on this podcast, because there's a few topics that kind of intertwine and you can start really start piecing things together once you understand these things. Um, but Gary, what are your initial thoughts on that whole concept? Well, those two concepts there. Yeah. So I, I think as we've discussed before, like in general, I think we try to avoid looking at exercise as being purely a fat loss tool. I think it's often doomed to fail when you start to do that. Okay. I, it can, and it definitely should be part of the picture. And I would definitely be a a proponent of that you know there are people on the other side of the spectrum who'll say exercise for fat loss man don't waste your time it's all diet and i think that is quite short-sighted as well okay but in this case you know we, we've got the kind of typical approach that a lot of people take they think of exercise as being a fat loss tool and then they're trying to decipher you know right what mode of exercise should i do how much should i do to optimize my fat loss outcomes and the reason i don't think that is a great approach is because like firstly fat loss is a somewhat long-term outcome. So especially if you're that type of person that's looking to, to lose 10 to 15 kilos, your main concern is how can I sustain whatever approach I'm, I'm, I'm trying to run with 
for the long term. Okay, so let's say it was 10 kilos you wanted to lose and you were going to go at a, you know, a kilo per month, let's say you were going to go with that, maybe a bit more. You're looking at maybe six to 10 months um, at a, a fairly common rate of fat loss. So six to 10 months is a pretty long period of time to, to stick with anything really. So I guess my main concern then is you want there to be a reason for you to go to the gym every day. And if it's just to burn calories, I find that to be a pretty futile goal. Like I don't think I could get up every day and, and want to train if my only goal was to burn calories. And the other thing with that is that you're not always guaranteed. If all you're looking at is, is the exercise mode, you're not always guaranteed to be putting yourself in a calorie deficit. So if we kind of take two steps back and remember that, right, what is our goal when we're trying to lose body fat? We're trying to find a way that our energy expenditure can exceed our energy intake so that we're in a deficit of energy and then we can use those body fat stores. If we keep that in our minds, then yeah, it sounds like in theory that doing more exercise would be a really good idea. But one of the interesting things that you kind of see in some of the research, and I've definitely experienced this myself, is that when you're exercising kind of moderate amounts like most people do, you know, going to the gym a few times a week, doing nothing crazy, you tend to get, you know, a bit of an improvement in your appetite regulation. So this this sort of like uh, inverted U-shaped relationship where people who are quite sedentary, they're they're not great at matching their energy intake with their energy expenditure. Um, and people will definitely find that if you are, if you have had a sedentary weekend, you know, you're sitting at home, you're sitting around the house. Um, there's there's probably multiple factors at play there to explain why maybe you wouldn't be you wouldn't be as good at regulating your energy intake. You know, one very simple one, um, which is kind of behavioral in nature, would just be that, well, if you're sitting around more. And there's, there's more times for you to be idle and to be thinking about food and thinking about, you know, should I go and get a snack? Um, in the center of the spectrum, people are a little bit better at, at regulating their intake. So, you know, people who are training, you know, an hour, uh, four to six times a week, let's say, it's a relatively moderate amount of exercise, they're going to be a bit better at regulating their exercise. But as you begin to push up further, you know, for example, people are doing multiple hours of exercise, regulating your appetite becomes a little bit more difficult and um, sometimes see people overcompensating for the amount of energy that they're burning and that's something that i would definitely experience I do some longer runs so if i go and do did that just disconnect no you're all good okay second it just disconnected on my end i think oh, right um so that is something that I would definitely have noticed if I do something like a longer run, like anything that is kind of above the two hour mark, you're starting to push into three hours. If, you're, if I'm doing that much exercise and you know what, you look at your, your Garmin app after and it's like, you have burned 1500 to 2000 calories. <laughs> like my appetite, like you, you might think that, oh God, it's going to be really easy to lose weight when you do that. But in fact, my appetite tends to definitely compensate, if not overcompensate for the amount of energy uh, that I burned. And, and that somewhat makes sense in that, like if you're burning a ridiculous amount of ener energy, there's a pretty large margin of error. You know, if, if, you're, if you're, your brain or your nervous system is trying to guess, right, how much energy do we want? And then you're actually doing that in an environment where there's lots of high palatable calorie dense foods available. You can see how it might become a bit more difficult to be accurate with how much energy you've actually burned. So that's, that's, that's what you should be considering kind of from an appetite perspective is that if you're not really controlling the nutrition side of things, just working with exercise and just trying to do cardio, uh, it mightn't be a great way of going about things. And the other thing with that as well is that sometimes when people adopt this approach, they start with a certain amount of cardio 
a certain amount of cardio and they're just like, right, I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do more. But again, one of the things that we kind of see there is that as you begin to exercise more, what, what tends to happen at a certain point is your energy expenditure throughout the rest of the day begins to adjust itself. And again, that's something that you definitely notice when you start to do higher volumes of exercise. You know, yeah, you're burning more energy during the session, but when, when you're finished the session, you're on the couch more, you're sitting around more, you're not walking more, you're not fidgeting more, you feel a bit more lethargic overall. So there's lots of processes that you can't necessarily control for. So if, if you're really banking on that energy expenditure side of the, the equation, it's probably not going to get you there. And that's not to say that there's not a lot of benefit there because as we said, exercise, yeah, it increases your energy expenditure. It can help with appetite control. It can help with things like muscle retention and stuff like that. But the main benefit I would be looking for from exercise there is that you know, you, you want to find something that, that you enjoy so you can keep showing up and you want there to be a benefit that supersedes, it's above the benefit of just burning calories. And that's one of the reasons it's like, it's not for everyone, but one of the reasons that we often suggest that people engage in weight training, even if their goal is just fat loss, because you're going to retain more muscle, which tends to be predictive of better fat loss outcomes. And there's going to be a process involved that keeps you interested, such as adding weight to the bar every week. And you, if, when you begin to focus on those process goals, as opposed to solely the outcome, which burning calories is very close to, it starts to become a much more enjoyable process, or, or at least that's what, what, I've, what I've experienced myself and with clients. But I'll let you interject before I go any further. Do you have anything to, to mm-hmm. add? To that, that's all good. Sweet. So then, like, I guess the, the, the other thing that I didn't, didn't quite touch on there is that, like, one of the ways that people will bring cardio or any type of exercise into their approach with, you know, with good intentions in terms of, like, they got the kind of, calories in calories out thing in mind they're thinking about that stuff they start to wonder how much calorie how many calories am i burning during exercise and this is where things get like far more difficult to manage because there's there's often like quite a bit of inaccuracy in the machines that people use to calculate the number of calories um and you may even be off if you're using you know different calculations based on heart rate and stuff like that for running or cycling or different modes of activity and the bigger problem i think that that happens there is that as you begin to view exercise as being like, all right, that was 900 calories of exercise, you start to really kind of micromanage things and associate everything you eat with what you do in the gym. And that can be fine. You know, lots of people do that really well. They're like, right, I burnt roughly this amount of calories um, compared to my normal. This seems like it's more. I'm going to adjust my nutrition. But it's really, really tedious. And what tends to happen there more, like more often than not from what I've seen is that when people start to really, really, really worry about how many calories they're burning during exercise and throughout the day, and they get, start to get real specific day to day, is that they start to develop a, a bit of a, a, I think, harmful relationship with food, where every meal is tied to a given unit of exercise that they've done. And where that becomes a, a little bit more difficult is when the exercise is not there, because people start to view, view it as, I, I'm earning my food by doing my exercise. And if I don't exercise, I'm basically going to have to starve myself because I'm not burning any energy, you know? Um, and I think that can be, that can be quite difficult. So that's one of the reasons that I think in general, our approach is to like not have, not, not necessarily try to over calculate exactly how many, how many calories people are burning day to day. Um, but try to get a rough average, you know, what might it be like, um, put a plan in place with nutrition. So it's roughly around a given level of calories and then see how things change in, in the weeks to follow. Um, you know, one of the things that I say to my clients a lot of the time is like, 
if I give you a step target of 10,000 per day, it doesn't mean you have to be on the button of 10,000 per day. If you got 7,000 on Wednesday, that's fine. You can make up for it at the weekend, you know? And, and I think getting that sort of average thinking going, you know, thinking about um, where am I on average over time? You know, where am I, where am I averaging out? I think that can be quite helpful in this case. Um, and, and including the, the approach with exercise, because if you start to think, well, I'm going to start at 30 minutes, then 45, then 60, then you're doing it seven times per week. Then anytime you miss a session, you start to worry, should I eat? What should I eat? Am I allowed to eat? And, and I think that can become a little bit toxic. Yeah. So there is like quite a lot to yeah. unpack in this question because again this is this is why we're doing it on this episode rather than the, the q a episode which should be shorter which never is but anyway <laughs> um it, I, I think we need to kind of break this down into some component parts because you've touched on quite a lot you know you've you've mentioned a, a lot of things uh and for for the listeners for the viewers um that can seem like you've just said a lot of things and they may be not able to put them all together fully in their head and reconcile it with what they know about, you know, calories in, calories out, maybe some neuroregulation of appetite stuff. And then obviously, you know, layer it on top of what they're actually trying to achieve in the gym results wise. Right. So I think we should break it down. There's essentially four parts to this. So the first one is weight loss. So again, like you've touched on, like what is actually driving weight loss well at the end of the day it is thermodynamics right so that is effectively your calories in your calories out so as you said someone could be excuse me coming to this whole conversation with a pretty good understanding of that you know they could have a, a very poor understanding of it as well you know but most people will understand that okay i need to burn some calories and i need to eat less they've always been told move more eat less pretty pretty simplistic advice in theory at least in practice a little bit harder to do but i think most people understand at this stage that that is basically the the crux of this whole thing you know if you want to lose weight you need to effectively use more energy than what you're consuming you know and again you can do that purely through diet you can just reduce your calories a boatload and not increase your activity or whatever but then have to eat very little right or you can do you know what they're going to suggest to do as well here you know do a load of cardio you know burn a load of calories and then you don't have to reduce your your overall calorie intake so low so you can you can kind of still enjoy your food a little bit more right so let's kind of get dive a little bit deeper into a few of the issues that kind of crop up with this overall approach so first of all we're talking about someone that wants to lose weight first right so we obviously are looking at them or coming to this conversation with them with the perspective that that this is a first, right? So that then means that there's something else after that that they want to do. So perhaps that's a, a physique that they have in mind, a, a goal physique, you know. This is something I always find really helpful if you're a coach listening to this. This is something I find really helpful with coaching other individuals is actually asking them to send you pictures of a goal physique, you know. Uh, now, obviously, that allows you to see a lot of things. First of all, it allows you to see if they are being somewhat realistic with their goals, right? Especially if you attach some sort of timeline to it. Like if someone is coming to you and they have literally no muscle whatsoever, it's a guy, right? And they're like, oh, they show you a picture of fucking Ronnie Coleman and they're like, I want this in six months. You're like, okay, well, first of all, you're white. Uh, second of all, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of drugs involved here and six months is a, a completely unrealistic time frame. Like he didn't build that muscle in that time frame, you know? Um, 
So I find that really beneficial, just getting a picture from this individual and going, asking them, like, this is what you want to achieve or some sort of look like this. Obviously, everyone's an individual, different muscle insertions, etc. You know, um, but you're like, this is the kind of physique that you're looking to achieve, you know? And then obviously you can talk them through that and go, okay, so this is what you would have to do to achieve that. This is realistic in this time frame, or this is unrealistic in the time frame you've given. And we obviously have to then layer on, okay, so we're going to aim for this. So I'm telling you, this is a quote unquote realistic time frame for this, but that's for a, an average responder, right? You could be a very, very poor responder to diet, uh, exercise, whatever you could be a great responder you get this results in like half the time right and then this is obviously all uh layering on top of the fact that i'm assuming that you're going to be 100 or as close to 100 on track with whatever recommendations i give you you know like if i say this is a six month timeline and that's assuming you're quote unquote 100 on track like obviously there's you know days that you're over under you know I'm not talking about perfection but you're pretty much on track with the average being on track you know um, if you're like, oh, well, that's perfect. And then you come into it and you have no nutritional discipline in terms of we give you calories, macronutrients, whatever, and you just don't hit them. It's like, well, then obviously that, that time frame we've given is unrealistic. It's going to be pushed much further out until we get this dietary adherence down, right? And that's something that you should be thinking of. If you're thinking yourself, like, oh, I want to achieve these, th- these results in a certain time frame, you know? far too many people and this is this is one reason we're discussing it on this podcast before we get into the the new year madness far too many people set themselves up for failure because they try to do something that is already challenging without having built good habits in place right and this is something i really like people to do as well is like spend four to eight weeks right just eating that maintenance right just focusing on good eating habits good exercise habits, good lifestyle habits, right? So you're effectively like some people call it like prepping to prep in the, in the physique world, but effectively all you're doing is setting good habits in place in a less challenging environment, right? Like think about trying to dial in your food when you're always hungry, right? Because you're in a a calorie deficit, right? If you're, if you're trying to do that, you're effectively pushing a a heavy rock uphill, you know, it's a Sisyphean task, if you will. Um, And that, for most people, sets them up for failure. Like if you've never dieted before, uh, at least successfully, then w- why are you trying to go balls to the wall, go 10 out of 10 hard from the start, right? You should focus on, okay, this is the calories I need to feel satiated, to feel no hunger, whatever. And I'm just going to focus on nailing down my my protein, right? I'm going to focus on actually consistently hitting those calories. You know, I'm going to focus on good meal timing setup, you know, to keep you feeling good, energetic, whatever, throughout the whole day, right? So doing something like that for four to eight weeks, nailing that down again, good exercise habits, good sleep habits, good stress management, etc. All the stuff that we talk about. Doing that for four to eight weeks sets you up so well. And it's actually perfect because this is something I really recommend people do uh, coming into the new year, right? Because everyone's like, oh, I'm going to lose all the weight, uh, fat loss, fat loss, fat loss. And like, obviously, most people fail within the first month, you know, they buy a gym membership for the year and they literally go for two weeks and in the first two weeks of January. Right. So what I'm saying is like, save yourself a little bit of the hassle here and just, you know, spend four weeks, January and February, even as well, it's four to eight weeks <clears throat> and just nail down good habits, good nutrition strategies, 
good fucking exercise strategies every day, right? And even if you don't lose any weight, you're in a much better position now. You will lose weight. Well, you maybe not lose weight, but you will potentially lose some fat or build some muscle, especially if you're doing resistance training, etc. Whatever. But for for most people, that's a much much better uh, approach overall, right? So we go back to the individual, and they're like, okay, so I'm going to lose this fat first. That's that's the ultimate goal, right? So if you haven't nailed down these good nutrition habits coming into that. First of all, it's going to be hard for you to lose weight in an effective manner because you know you don't have these good nutrition habits in place. Not impossible, not impossible at all, right? Because you could and do some sort of calorie deficit. We'll talk about just purely through the diet, right? And you can still get results. However, because you don't have the good habits in place, if we look at it over the long term, there's a higher likelihood of potential failure occurring. Right. Scary, what are your thoughts on that so far? So we're just just on the aspect of someone has to or someone quote unquote wants to uh lose weight first. That's their their first target. Not even talking about the exercise side of things, we're just talking about that as their their first desire, right? So again, like they they obviously have a physique in mind and you know, potentially that involves, you know, more muscle mass, whatever, especially if it's a guy, they're like, oh, I want to look like uh, superhero you know if it's a woman you know potentially they're like okay you know i want you know bigger glutes maybe you know i don't know more sculpted arms or something whatever you know uh but potentially it involves building muscle mass and they're coming to this with the approach first of all that i've got to lose the weight so we won't touch on the exercise component just yet but that's their first approach w- what are your initial thoughts with that yeah so I guess like when, you, when you're thinking about this goal, it is fundamentally a big old body recomposition goal. Like you're like, right, I'm someone who's a little bit on the softer side, but I also don't have much muscle and I want to become a chiseled Greek god, you know, kind of kind of thing. That That's essentially the goal here. Um, but so, so that, as you said, there's, there's sort of two two different things that that, you're, that are working against each other here. You're trying to initially lose the weight and then you're trying to, after that, you're trying to build up your muscle mass. But I suppose when I'm thinking of this person, I'm thinking of any sort of beginner, I'm thinking, okay, you've actually got some potential here. Okay. So if you are a beginner to, to resistance training, every stimulus is new, every stimulus is novel, and you're going to have, or you, you may have a pretty robust response to that training even in the absence of perfect conditions. And when I say perfect conditions, I'm alluding to things like over-consuming calories. So, you know, generally being in a calorie surplus is what's required for um, gaining muscle mass, but that's probably a little bit less of a priority when you are that beginner. Not to say that it's not beneficial, it absolutely is, but you, if you are in a calorie deficit, but you're starting to adopt some of the habits, you know, you were saying, you were talking about habit development, if you start to adopt some of the habits, such as, you know, eating sufficient protein in your diet is a very simple one. That, that is a stimulus when, when coupled with your resistance training is going to lead to some degree of muscle mass gain, even if you are in that calorie deficit. So, you know, that's been replicated in, in, in multiple studies, even with calorie deficits, I think as much as 40%, which is pretty significant. You know, if you were, if you were, you know, eating 3000 calories a day as your maintenance, and you went into a deficit of 40%, what's that? That's a deficit of 1200 calories. You're talking about being on 1800 calories and still having some degree of gain in muscle mass while in a pretty large deficit. So it is definitely possible. And I think that's one of the things that people probably 
that's that's not as apparent to people um, because often those of us who talk about these things were at least multiple years into training so for many of us who are putting out information we're like oh yeah that's a stupid idea body recomposition you know you're not going to gain muscle mass in a deficit but we often forget that the people that we're actually speaking to the beginners it actually is kind of a thing for those people um, so that would be my first consideration here is that if there is an end goal of you eventually gaining muscle then you would probably be better served to get there sooner um, you know get those benefits right away rather than going in the opposite direction and this is one of those cases where I wonder, like, would, would there be changes in your actions because you've, you've turned yourself into a cardio athlete first? If you do that, you're going to adopt the, basically the, the characteristics at the, at the muscle level, at the metabolic level of a cardio-based athlete. And if you're trying to go in the opposite direction in the end, like, I'm not sure if that's going to be beneficial. It's probably not going to make much of a difference, but it's just something to ponder. Like, yeah, like, like you, could, you, could, you could argue the point from both sides, be like, okay, you've yeah. built a, a good aerobic base. Yeah. You've built a good, you know, car, like call it cardiovascular base. Maybe you are doing some like HIIT training or whatever as well. So you've, you've built a good base in terms of your cardiovascular fitness. You just don't have any of those kind of, we'll call them strength qualities, you know, um, even though, yeah, strength, hypertrophy qualities, whatever you want to call them. Um, but I completely agree with you in terms of like the, the adaptations are dichotomous. Like, like you're trying fine. to be like, again, you look at like, I, this is a poor analogy and people use it all the time, but like you look at someone who is a marathon runner and you look at someone who like lifts weights, you know, they they obviously look different, you know? And again, it's a poor analogy because people self-select to habits or to activities that they're generally built for or good at. Um, and obviously you only ever really look at, the people that are at the at the top, the pinnacle, the top one percent, top five percent, or whatever. So obviously, if that sport, you know, demands a certain physique, they're the ones that are going to be shown everywhere. You know, like you don't see the person that is has completely opposite physique that is shit at that sport as a result. You know, they they're not plastered on the walls. You know, um, but yeah, that you could argue both sides from that argument from the, the cardio perspective. I think we should actually just broaden out this this question to include the the actual whole thing rather than splitting it into four parts effectively will just be like right so the whole concept of losing fat first and then building muscle you know why is that not the best approach to to go for you know we'll, we'll touch on the, the training side of things uh, more in depth uh, but i think we should just look at that from a purely like we'll call it a, a physiological point of view like that why does why is that not a good approach like do we have to lose fat first to build muscle effectively and is that a a good strategy overall and then we'll kind of touch on the, the training side of things i know you have other stuff to say about what we were just discussing but continue okay um so yeah just to on the on the point we were making like whether or not doing cardio first is going to be beneficial or not is unclear as you said you know you could argue that you know, be, being active and, and being cardiovascularly fit, like if that is your prior, that's, that could be beneficial because you're going to have higher levels of muscle capillarization um, and things like that. That seems to limit muscle mass in some populations, at least in the elderly, whether or not that's a thing in young people, I'm not sure. Um, but there you go. So like that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't necessarily be saying like, all right, I'm going to do cardio for a few months so I can build more muscle. It's, it's going to be better or it's going to be worse. It's like, yeah, probably doesn't matter. But I guess the point we're making is that if the goal is muscle gain, there's not much of a point in going totally going in the opposite direction just to then start weight training once you're at a perfect weight. Like I don't think 
there are prerequisites to start weight training as such. I think you'd be far better served to essentially start your weight training, get used to the process, get used to the habits, learn the lifts. Because again, like people, people always think of nutrition when they think of habits, but training is very much about habits too. You know, you, you have to develop the habits of, of getting to the gym, of, of doing particular exercises in a certain way and, and learning basically the, the standard gym etiquette and standard gym, um, gym practices like, all right, how do I put weights? on and off the bar you know what's the what's the best maybe working around the gym how do i actually do a squat um because those things can take multiple months and i think that if you're the person who's trying to lose weight you're and you you're, you're going about that process if you are already competent at lifting weights you've developed all the things you need to develop you know what you're doing by the time you get into that calorie surplus you're probably going to be in a much better position to actually now start really you know putting the boot in and gaining muscle than you would be if you were just kind of flailing around in the gym and finding your way around um, when you're when you're getting into a calorie surplus so so yeah there's that just uh, um, just just on that to kind of add to that effectively if you choose to do cardio first and do that for we'll say six months we'll just split it up into a year just to keep it fucking simple all right so you choose to do cardio first for six months you're like i want to lose all this fat first and then you choose to do weights second for six months right the, the issue with that is y- you effectively have to be a beginner twice then right like you have to go into it in in january as a beginner to cardiovascular training right so say you're on your treadmill your fucking bike your rower whatever fuck right so you have to learn all those things you have to learn how to use those how to navigate the gym you're a rank beginner there right but if you then go okay now six months later i want to start doing some resistance training you are a beginner again right you haven't built all of those habits those that understanding of how the gym equipment works how the, the different weights are set up where to find different things so you effectively have to be a beginner twice and this is one of the things that i think is is actually the biggest issue with this whole topic is that people don't like being beginners like people don't like feeling like oh i don't know i'm afraid i don't know what i'm doing in the gym here you know like that, that kind of puts them off so why would you expose yourself to that twice intentionally right whereas you could just do it once rip the fucking plaster off for one time and be like right i'm a rank beginner i haven't been going to the gym let's learn everything once at the one time and then expand from there anyway go on yeah um in for that so so yeah basically from a training perspective it does kind of make sense to start your resistance training as soon as you can and again like you can still do your cardio alongside like that's probably one of the things that we should probably make here because i think you know out of a lot of people in the fitness industry we're probably like squeezed into the middle in terms of saying like oh no you actually should do cardio as well as your weight training like we're not saying you should just do weight training you know i think there's been a lot of pushback in recent years because i think throughout like kind of the 90s and the noughties there was a big you know the cardio thing was a was was really popular and that that's basically what you thought of as and i say 90s and noughties because i wasn't alive before then so i don't know what they were talking about Um, but but basically like there was a big push about you know cardio is all about health you know it's all about doing cardio and cardio is all about weight loss and that's basically the the way that people still kind of think about it so then in like the last decade or so it's all like all right actually resistance training is really important and i think sometimes those of us especially those of us who are basically probably more fond of lifting it's easy to be like oh no it's it's actually just all about lifting and you hear things like weight training burns more calories which isn't really true and you hear things like you should gain muscle just because it burns so much calories, which again, isn't really that true. So we start to kind of make fools out of ourselves by coming up with loads of things to try and justify why people should do what we do instead of just saying, actually, yeah, there's a problem benefits to both and you can do both. So if you are that person who's trying to start training, 
Um, you're probably going to get complementary benefits from doing a bit of cardio alongside your resistance training. So it doesn't have to be one or the other. And that's kind of a nice way of, of meeting in the middle here. Now, when it comes to the actual the process, the, the losing fat, the diet side of things, you asked, is there, what did, what did you ask me again? You asked me, is there, is there, are there any physiological downsides yeah. to lose? Yeah. So if you're, if you're going about, if you're going about weight loss, right. And you're not doing any resistance training alongside it. And you're looking at things purely from a weight loss perspective, then what can end up happening sometimes is that you begin to lose some muscle tissue along the way. And I think that, that's probably less likely in someone who is, who, who is exercising anyway, as in like the hierarchy would be, like if you're sedentary, you're going to lose the most muscle mass um, in a deficit. If you're doing some cardiovascular exercise, like, yeah, that's, that's still a stimulus on your muscles to, to make them stay around. And then weight training is obviously the most potent stimulus to keep muscle hanging around. So anything below that, like, for example, you're just doing loads of cardio, I think you're at a higher risk of losing muscle mass along the way. Um, and there is a minor effect um, on your actual metabolic rate purely because a diet it tends to predict more pretty sure, difficult pretty sure that just cut out there i didn't hear anything there the last thing i heard from you was the the building muscle like a minor effect on your metabolism from building muscle okay um so yeah having more muscle you know or having more muscle or less muscle yeah that is going to affect have an effect on your metabolic rate um, as it is you know it's probably a little bit a little bit more subtle than a lot of people would think but it's still there and it's still worth considering but more important to consider i think is what we've seen happen in, in some studies where when people lose more muscle during a period of a deficit like if they have a greater muscle to fat loss ratio for a given a given amount of weight then what ends up happening is that it predicts poorer weight loss or weight loss maintenance so if you're going about weight loss and you're just losing loads of weight you're losing loads of muscle along the way and then that might lead to potentially worse weight loss maintenance like the only studies i can recall on that are actually in you know obese individuals i can't remember if they were actually if there was if there was exercise involved there but but the premise stands that if you are losing more muscle just the potential that that mightn't be as good for your actual your actual weight loss outcomes and um, there's other things that you have to consider as well in terms of like i guess basic basic meta metabolic health concerns you know if you lose 10 kilos and you lose less fat and you lose more muscle, then like muscle is a contractile tissue that helps to you know, regulate your metabolism. Um, and having more fat mass is generally a negative thing for your metabolic health um, to a certain extent. So I guess you're, you're, you're always pushing things in the wrong direction by seeking more fat and less muscle. Um, that's just generally not a good situation. So muscle in and of itself is good for your health independent of the aesthetic side of things. So if you're trying to, if you, if, if you're, if you're trying to optimize your health, it's probably a good idea to do, to at least do some resistance training so that you're keeping that muscle, that muscle around. Um, and then there's the other side of things where if you want to think purely in terms of aesthetics, if you are going about this process where you're trying, you're just trying to lose weight first and that's the goal instead of trying to chase the muscle mass, then you end up with a body composition that is probably less impressive at the end because you're, you're probably going to lose some degree of muscle mass. You're at least not gaining it um, and may have less, you know, 
muscle glycogen stored in your muscles around your body that might make things look a bit different. So there's multiple things that kind of converge together to leave you with a physique that, yeah, like you've gotten leaner, but you don't have much shape to your physique because you don't really have much muscle mass. And obviously that depends on the person, but they'd be some of the initial things that would come to mind. Do you have anything else that yeah, you know, is important there? With that, basically, if you do the approach that these people are suggesting that, you know, do cardio first, lose fat first, and then focus on muscle building and potentially gaining whatever. Uh, effectively, what happens is you end up a smaller version of yourself. Right? And like, that's, that's fair enough if you're, if you are, very like overly fat or obese and you're like that's that's just what i want I, I don't really care about the look i just want to lose fat for my overall health i just want to lose fat because i'm just not happy with the amount of fat i have in my body it makes me upset angry whatever right um losing fat that's perfect that's fine that's cool no no qualms with that but if you're trying to go for a certain look a certain uh style to the physique whatever you want to call it uh, aesthetics as you said um then you you have to think like what like do you just want to be a smaller version of yourself currently because that's what cardio and just full on dieting will get you right yes you will get fitter you'll get definitely benefits health health wise you know aesthetic wise if you do think a a lower fat body is more aesthetic yeah you'll you'll get all those but effectively you will just look the exact same with less body fat there's not going to be this dramatic change in your physique. You're not going to look like the, the superhero that you want to look like or, you know, the, the model you want to look like or whatever fucking individual that it is that you want to look like. You know, you're not going to get that physique. You'll just be a smaller version of yourself. And you see this a lot on social media, uh, especially from like female accounts where they'll, they'll effectively talk through the same thing because this is, this is generally how females interact with the fitness industry overall this approach that we're kind of talking about i don't mean that they're they're doing it wrong i'm just saying that this is this is generally the message that or was at least put on women beforehand where it's like oh women just do cardio that you stay in the cardio zone it's the guys that are down in the waiting room you know and so a lot of women were exposed to the whole fitness industry from a perspective of just just fat loss it's just you know cardio that's what you should do right and you see a lot of transforma transformations on uh, social media where you'll see women who engaged in that. They, they fully bought into that. They're like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do those weights. They'll make me look bulky like a man or whatever, um, which is actually a really strange concept because does that mean that if you don't lift weights, you look like a woman? I don't know. Like, anyway, um, so they, they engage with the fitness industry like that at the start but then they're like okay actually i want to build some muscle i want to build bigger glutes or whatever it is you know um and then they start lifting weights and then they get this dramatic transformation uh and you see them where they are now you know and they'll, they'll put up these side-by-side -side comparisons where it's like look this is when i was you know just doing cardio eating less and they'll effectively be thin yeah but they won't have any muscle mass they won't have any shape to their body which is what presumably what they were looking for you know because then they'll show their after photo and it's like they're clearly doing like you know some heavy weights for them relatively and they're doing resistance training and like they've built muscle on their legs their glutes their upper body they feel stronger you know they're they're able to do movements like they're not just a weaker version of themselves but cardiovascularly fitter you know they're they're strong and they could still be cardiovascularly fit you know so like this that's something that you see a lot especially from 
from females. Whereas for guys, you know, they they kind of come into like, oh yeah, lifting weights is macho. Fucking, we'll get get onto uh, lifting them weights. You know, so there is that whole component of it. But effectively, that that is how females interact with the fitness industry, and. It, it is a thought process, both male and female, that you know losing weight first is the way to go, and then building muscle. But like, if you look at it from the perspective of an actual physiological response, like there's no reason, right? First of all, yes, okay, if you lose weight, you are technically more insulin sensitive, right? So you are able to partition nutrients better. And what I mean by that is, you know, that the food that you eat is able to go to the area that you want it to in a better manner. Right. And generally that means that the food that you eat doesn't go to fat cells, right? It goes to, you know, muscle cells or organs or whatever, rather than fat cells. So that's a very, very, very brief uh, overview of like insulin sensitivity. Right. Um, So yes, losing fat will increase that. It will allow you partition nutrients better. Right. So there is that argument, right? So if you lose fat first, it actually does make muscle building that little bit easier. However, you have to also factor in that muscle building is excruciatingly slow, right? Like it occurs over such a slow time span that the sooner you can start, the better, right? Because think about this, and I think it's one kilo is the maximum that's been seen gained in any scientific study, you know, over a month. One kilo of actual muscle, lean mass. I think it's lean mass, not even muscle, right? Which is obviously water, glycogen, all that kind of stuff as well, right? So one kilo, just think about that. That means that over a year, the maximum, if you are a fucking hyper responder to training, you do everything right, the maximum you could potentially get is 12 kilos, right? Which is pretty fucking dramatic, like when you actually think about it. But when you see people going like, oh yeah, you, you should gain like three to five kilos per month. Like that's... It, it, that's obviously not representative of what you can actually gain. And obviously this is all talking about a natural individual. Like if you are enhanced, you know, you take drugs, whatever, there is obviously that potential for extreme or outlier growth. Um, but for most individuals, like we're talking a kilo, maybe a beginner, you might get a little bit more hard to really tell, but again, one kilo, right? So think about that. If you spend six months losing weight, right? Not resistance training, not training your muscles, you know, not doing any of that kind of stuff, you then have taken away six potential kilos of muscle gain from that year, right? So you you want a physique that is muscular. You want a physique, again, I'm presuming, uh, you want a physique that looks a certain way, that has a certain amount of muscle. And if you were effectively taking away six months of that uh, ability to get there, you've already set yourself back, right? And it, that, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow where you're like, oh shit, my approach over your lifetime potentially didn't lead me to being in my best possible physique, physical, whatever. And it, but it, it is unfortunately the way it is, right? Now, obviously, obviously you're, over your lifetime, you'll probably be able to catch up, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's like, why would you, if you know this is the goal, this is the physique that I want, this is the, the look that I want, why would you take time away from that? And this is even more important as a female because I'm talking about a kilo gain for a a guy like a female we're talking about maybe half of that maybe right which is fair enough you, you maybe don't want to get as big you don't want to build as much muscle but still it like that's you, you already have a slower response why would you then make it even slower you know so from from that kind of perspective in terms of the actual we'll call it muscle building fat loss 
yes, you can make an argument that losing fat first does make it ever so slightly easier to gain muscle going forward because you're more insulin sensitive, you partition nutrients a little bit better. However, fundamentally, you just set yourself back by those six months or however long it is where you're, you're not resistance training, where you're not putting that stimulus on your body to build muscle. Whereas you could do an approach where you lose weight overall still while also building muscle, right? And as you said, a beginner more likely to be able to do that. And at the very least, like you were saying there, you're not losing muscle because that can also be the case. You know, not only have you set yourself six months back by not engaging in muscle building, not doing any resistance training, you could have actually lost muscle in that six months. So now not only are you six months behind, you're also six months and three kilos <laughs> depleted, you know? So it's like, okay, so you've actually lost muscle in this process. So we have to gain that muscle back and then we can start building more muscle on top of that, you know? And that's, it just, it lengthens out the whole process. And that's not what you want. Like, yeah, okay, cool. We want to talk about sustainability. We want to talk about the long term. We want to do all that. Cool. That's perfect. But we don't want to make the process excessively long so that you're not seeing any results or not feeling like you're moving towards what you actually want to look like, uh, feel like, perform like at the end. You know, you're just like, oh, well, I wish I had started earlier. Right. Um, is there any other kind of physiological things you see wrong with that, that approach? Because then we can sort of get onto a little bit more habits and then also training side of things. No, like I don't think like at the end of the day, I don't think there's like, this is a risky approach. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a risky approach. It's not really going to go wrong as such. It's just like if your end goal is to get to the point where you want to start building some muscle, I'm like, you should probably start sooner rather than later. Like I suppose like for, I actually can give two shits about how much muscle I have. It's really up to you whether or not that is a priority. So if you're the type of person who's like, I actually just want to get into running. Like, I just want to get into running and I want to lose weight so I can be a better runner. Like, I can't put forth that many arguments why you shouldn't just, you know, just start doing running and you don't necessarily have to do weight training. Like, again, it might be useful to have a bit more muscle. A lot of runners get benefits from doing some strength training. But in that case, if someone just wants to start running, that's your goal or you want to start cycling, you want to do triathlons, weight along the way have at it you know it's a it's a perfectly fine approach and it's important to make that clear because like often in the fitness industry we're collectively very guilty for kind of just assuming everyone wants to just have this end goal of the the physique the kind of male model or female female model fitness model type of physique and, and that's certainly not everyone so if you're the type of person who you just want to be a somewhat endurance athlete of sorts that's perfectly valid as well and weight training might help you but you don't necessarily have to start there um so yeah and that's all really have to add and we can we can get into some of the, the habits or the process if you'd like yeah we'll, we'll move into some of the habits now as well so again like we think about it if this is the approach that we're taking you're like i want to lose fat first i want to lose fat and then gain muscle after i've lost the fat i'm at a body fat that i'm happy with then i can start gaining muscle right first of all habit wise or we'll call it lifestyle wise or whatever you want to call it um the first thing is that initial goal of fat loss right? It's actually, it's deceptive, right? Because I always call it the Goldilocks zone or the, the no man's, no man's land of fat loss for, well, actually it's probably the, the no man's goal of fat, or no man's land of fat loss is probably more applicable to this, but there's effectively a body fat range for both males and females where you effectively just look the same, 
right? Even if the scales is changing, you know, like your body fat is going down. Yes, you are losing fat. You're doing everything right, but you still just look the exact same, right? Like the, the, the body fat is coming over off your whole body systemically, right? So it's not like it's, oh yeah, it's all come off my abs now and my abs are shredded. That's, it's perfect. No, it's coming off like the, a little bit off the back of your arms, a little bit off your back, a little bit off your glutes, a little bit off your hamstring, a little bit off your calf, a little bit off your cheeks, a little bit off, like it's coming off everywhere, you know? So it's not this dramatic, like, oh, I can really start seeing my muscles now. I can really start seeing, you know, I don't have rolls of fat. I don't have anything. It, it, it just comes off slowly across the entire body until you get down to, lower body fat levels where you're like, okay, it's really starting to come off the abs now. I'm seeing way more definition here, you know, or insert whatever body part, you know? So that, that, that's something that you have to, to keep in mind across this, this whole thing where you could spend those six months losing body fat. And like I said, effectively just be a smaller version of yourself. Right? So the, the first kind of thing you have to keep in mind with that is that's actually extremely annoying right extremely off-putting in the in the long term and the short term right where you feel like you've been working hard for six months or however long you're doing it and you reach your goal weight but you effectively just look the exact same just a little bit smaller you know you don't have you you haven't moved towards the ultimate look that you want to have achieved right so that's that's extremely off-putting right and that that unfortunately is why a lot of people fail because they don't see the point in then, okay, I'm, why would I start doing resistance training? I've already put in a load of work and I still feel like I look like shit. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't look the way I want to and I put in all this work. Why would I now put in more work if I'm not going to, like I clearly don't respond to this training stuff. I'm, I'm never going to achieve what I want to achieve, you know? So that, that's the first thing you have to consider that the, the first defined Endpoint is not defined at all, right? Because it's not actually moving you towards what you ultimately want to to look like. Yeah, it is moving you towards it because you know you're gonna have to lose the, the body fat at some stage, right? But it's not moving you towards the the look that you want to achieve, or even potentially even the health outcomes, performance outcomes that you want to achieve, right? So that's the first thing you have to consider that the 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 end mark for the the initial period isn't likely going to be as clearly delineated as you would like to see it right like say for this you're a guy you come from this and you're 20 percent body fat like you could spend a couple of weeks couple of months whatever losing 10 percent body fat but you get down to that 10 percent body fat and most people you see online you're like okay this this is what they say is 10 percent body fat this is what it looks like okay cool so that's what i'm going to look like but you get down to that 10% body fat. And because you have literally no muscle mass, right? You are not going to look like that person that is a bodybuilder that is now down at 10% body fat that you think you're going to have like these shredded abs, these rippling pecs and whatever else. Like you're not going to look like that. So you, first of all, feel like you failed, that you're not at 10% body fat, even though, you know, you potentially are. Uh, and that, that's just extremely off-putting going forward from that. You know, where you're just like, well, I got down to 10%. Maybe you are measuring it, maybe whatever. Even if it is inaccurate, you're still keeping track of it. And now you're kind of thinking like, well, what, what was the point of doing all that? I didn't, I didn't build, like I, I'm not, I, I don't look in any way like I want to look. I'm not lean. And you have to get then excessively lean to start seeing more definition where you're like, okay, uh, I'm going to spend another three months trying to lose weight so that I can lose another like 
2% body fat. And it's like, okay, cool. Now you, you look lean, but you just look skinnier. You know, it's like you maybe even lost more muscle mass, you know? So it's like, you've actually moved further and further and further away from your ultimate goal, even though you think you are moving towards your goal. So that's the first thing you have to keep in mind that the, the end point is so poorly defined that it's, it's likely never going to occur, right? And again, not even that it's pretty defined in your head, like maybe you have a perfect definition and you've listened to us talk about goal setting and whatever else before, but the actual reality of that isn't what you thought it would be in terms of the the look, the whatever, right? Um, so that's the first thing. Do you find anything to add to that? No, just fatalistic statement. You're never going to be happy with how you look. Such is life, you know, it's grand. Like, I love how I look, but other than that. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that morbid <laughs> note, um, so uh, that's, that's the first thing you need to keep in mind. You need to keep in mind that, you know, you, you're probably not going to be happy after those six months or whatever it is of just losing fat, you know? And then you're also going to start thinking like, okay, well, why would I engage in more habits, take on all this new stuff? Like we said earlier on, why would I want to effectively become a beginner again, you know, and start resistance training, doing all that kind of stuff? when like I didn't get results the last time. So like, I, I, first of all, I feel like I haven't achieved what I wanted to initially, you know, I didn't achieve anything. So what's the point? You know, I'm not going to achieve anything. If I start this new thing, like I'm a failure, you know, so you already feel like that. And then again, you have to become a beginner again and you learn a whole host of new habits, a whole host of new techniques, a whole host of new information overall. It's just, it's really off putting, right? So you're already setting yourself up for failure potentially if you do engage in in that style of uh, dieting long term or whatever you want to call it so while it's not a bad approach to lose fat like from a physiological perspective like we were touching on earlier on there's yeah you can make an argument that that's potentially going to help you you know, you get cardiovascularly fit you're better at able to exercise capillarization etc cool you also are more insulin sensitive cool maybe potentially easier to build only muscle and not fat right you can make all those arguments right however none of those arguments preclude the fact that you could also be resistance training while you are losing fat right and that's that's the key here with this whole argument you don't have to be one or the other right so again if you think this approach where you're like i need to lose all the fat first and then build muscle right there's no reason why you can't be building some muscle while you are losing fat, right? Especially as Gary touched on earlier on, as a beginner, right? If you are a beginner to this, you're new to this stuff, it's actually extremely easy to build muscle while losing fat, effectively get that body recomposition, you know? And this is actually really annoying for some people because they effectively stay the same weight, but completely change their physique. But because they're only focusing on the, the scale weight, they're like, oh man, like nothing's happening, you know, as a beginner. Like if this has happened to you 10 years into your career, like you, you probably just up the dose. Like that's, that's the only way that, that, that that's happening, you know? Um, so again, as a beginner, like if you are losing fat and gaining muscle, you, your scales might not change a huge amount. Yeah, you might see like a kilo here or whatever right and that again can be very off-putting because you're like i'm doing all this work and it, nothing's happening but you look in the mirror and it's like oh i'm seeing a little bit of shoulder muscle oh there's a bicep vein there you know it, it's like that 
it, it can be frustrating for a, a lot of people. And again, this is why, like I suggested earlier on, you do that kind of four to eight week kind of prep to prep or whatever you want to call it, where you just focus on building good habits where you're like, okay, I'm just going to eat well, I'm going to eat enough protein, etc. You just nail all those fucking things down. And that then allows you to be like, okay, so yeah, my weight stayed the same, but I saw all this growth in muscle. I saw all this, you know, transformation of my physique. It was, it was great, you know? And then you can be like, okay, now I'm ready to start really focusing on fat loss or potentially, you know, I've actually been getting good results with this. Let's see if I can push this out a little bit more, push this gaining muscle out a little bit more and recomping a little bit more. Let's do 12 weeks, let's do 16 weeks. And you're like, okay, now I'm ready to really like diet down lose some body fat right but again as i was saying there's no reason why you can't do some resistance training while you are losing the fat you know so initiating that both processes at the same time yeah you're probably not going to build as much muscle as you possibly could if you were purely focusing on fat loss however you also won't lose as much muscle if you weren't focusing on building muscle you know, um, or as if you weren't focusing on building muscle, like you were just purely doing cardio, right? So that's what I would suggest. I would suggest starting both processes at the same time. And again, the, the actual plan of action that that looks like doesn't have to be hugely tilted towards one or the other, right? You could still do a pretty 50-50 split. That could look like, you know, you're doing three days of resistance training, three days of cardiovascular training, you know, if you want to train six days per week or, you know, two days resistance training, two days cardiovascular training, you know, like it doesn't have to be one or the other, or you could set things up where you're like, okay, I know I need to do this amount of overall work, but I'm going to do four days resistance training and do some cardio after those days. You know, like that's, that's generally what we'd recommend. Treat, treat it maybe five, three to four is generally what I recommend people train and do some resistance training and some cardiovascular training after that. And if you want to, then you know really increase the the amount of cardio you do doing it on your off days we'll call them off days where you just do a little bit of aerobic work like low intensity stuff perfectly fine you know again contributes to the overall calorie burn again if you want to train more often than that you know but again like the, the setup of it is somewhat irrelevant you know we've discussed that kind of stuff before but uh for for most individuals losing fat and then building muscle is not the best approach Whereas engaging in both at the same time or engaging in the habits that lead to both of them at the same time is, is probably a much better idea for your long-term progress and even your short-term progress. Because again, like you don't get run into the issues that you get. Like again, we say that six month mark, that was your, your you've two twins. The two, one of them is like, I'm going to do the lose fat first and build muscle. And then the other one is going to do this approach that we're suggesting where it's like, yeah, engage in like the habits, do the resistance training, do the cardiovascular training. And if you match them for, you know, calories, so they're still whatever, there's some, some sort of matching going on. Uh, the person who is at the, the six month mark that's purely focused on the fat loss first, yeah, they might look like a smaller version of themselves. But the person that then focused on doing resistance training and losing fat, you know, they're going to have much better muscle mass at least retention they're going to have a better physique they're going to have you know already built all these habits they already know how to resistance train they know how to push themselves they already know how you know diet fuels performance they already know like all these things that lead to success you know and 
the, the end outcome, if they're looking for the, the look, the, the person that's been doing both at the same time is much closer to that. Even if they're like, oh, I need to gain 10 kilos of muscle to get where I want. Like, obviously that's a, a lot, but you know, they're like, okay, well, I'm much closer because I can actually see the outline of where I want. It's kind of had this, you know, I have this mold and I just need to start adding to it. Whereas the person that has only been doing cardio and only been doing, uh, you know, fat loss, they're, they're not in that position. They might've lost muscle. Like we said, they might actually be further away and now have to do an extra year to get back to catch up with where their, their twin is after that, that, that point, you know? So do you find anything to add to that young Gary? No, but how depressing would it be if you did have a twin and they were absolutely jacked and you were just a non-responder to training like us? I'm not a non-responder to training, Gary. <laughs> it's just a... Um, non-responder to resistance training, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, no, I'm just, I'm just skinny. That's all. I like being like this. Same. I actually like, I just like being slim. The only reason I don't, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to train too hard because I like wearing nice clothes, you know, that's it. It's literally my only concern. I actually like being skinny fat, to be honest. Decent. It's good. Like you've no muscle and you just have a little bit of fat for, you know, padding, like we do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and stuff, you know? So it's like, I need something if I don't have muscle, you know? Yeah. I basically think of myself like a gladiator, you know, I just like want to be well padded. You know, if anyone ever runs at me with a sword, I want to make sure there's some padding there, but like muscle would just bleed out. Like exactly. Like it's just common sense bodybuilders anyway right so then we talk about the actual resistance training or the the approach not the actual approach the uh the habits and stuff that you build up with doing both at the same time right so again like like we said earlier on you don't want to be a beginner twice like it's it's depressing you don't have to learn a lot of stuff you're better off just fucking being a beginner once right um so you actually learn all these habits of training resistance training and cardiovascular training like we're not saying you don't do your cardiovascular training that's you can still do that um but if you understand how to use the weight room you first of all from a a a muscle perspective you have built all of these uh we'll call them neurological benefits you know you've actually are able to train effectively you know you spent the one to three months learning how to squat you spent that one to three months learning how to bench press you've learned all of those things and again like you look at those twins again where this person while they were focusing on their fat loss they were also focusing on skill acquisition because that's what they were doing in the gym they were they were gaining the skill of training like that person that has lost or only focused on fat loss and cardio now has to go through that skill acquisition again. They have to spend that one to three months learning how to lift, you know? And again, that, that potentially means that they're not gaining muscle in that time. Like you may gain some, but you may only be gaining neurological efficiency in that time. I know they always say it's like kind of six to eight weeks, but again, that's a, that's an average. You can see people that pick up things like overnight. They're just boom, have that. And you obviously see people that are like pushed out further where it could take them like months on end to fully gain the control um you know the efficiency in their muscle firing etc whatever um so again like if you focus on that while you're doing another thing where you're like okay i'm gonna background focus on the skill acquisition while my goal is still you know losing fat you're in a much better position because then when it comes time to really hammering down on gaining muscle you are already efficient at doing the things that you want 
to actually accomplish, you know, which is, you know, resistance training, you're able to actually push yourself with those movements because, you know, it's not just a learning experience every time you go to the gym. It's like, oh, actually, I have this movement dialed in, you know, I have it perfect, you know, maybe not lifetime perfect, but it's pretty perfect for where you are now. And now you're just focusing on slowly but surely getting stronger or building more volume or whatever, you know. And so from that perspective, it's a much better position to be in when you're just a beginner once and you focus on that skill acquisition, you focus on learning all the habits and you build to a position where it's like, okay, now I'm actually able to just progressively get stronger and, and overload overall, you know, what are your thoughts on that so far? No, no, I agree. Don't think there's anything I'd change or add. Wonderful. Um, and then from that as well, you, you not only just learn like your body doesn't just learn that your overall approach to training is in a much better position because you're able to focus on like progressively getting stronger. You're able to focus on, you know, performance overall, not just cardiovascular performance. Uh, and you're able to, you know, view training as a stimulus to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. And it's not just a calorie burning experience, you know, because again, like Gary touched on earlier on, like the calorie burning experience is, is a, a bit of a, an annoying concept, right? Because there's so many things that go into it. And again, once you start looking at it, it's, oh, it's just purely calorie burning, like your whole diet, everything else is affected as well. However, it's, it's also extremely hard to track overall because you do get more efficient at running. You do, your body gets more efficient at that cardiovascular activity. So potentially as you are progressing, say you just standardize it, you're doing 500 calories of cardio, you know, your fitness first of all is increasing so you have to increase the intensity to do that you know which potentially you're not able to increase the intensity on the the equipment that you use you know like unless you start sprinting or something you know potentially it is impossible you know like you can only jog so fast until it starts you know actually being running you know um and uh, I was going to say, yeah, so you could be burning less calories even for the same unit of time. And maybe you only have 40 minutes to train before work or whatever, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I can only burn so many calories in that time period. And that's, that's, that's it. That's all I've got, you know? So you effectively become limited by that. Whereas if you're doing resistance training, it's like, okay, well, I can, you know, build so much strength muscle in that time period. And it's, it's effectively, you know, only limited by how hard or the, the limit of your genetics effectively, you know? So again, you have, to, you have to think of where do you ultimately want to be? What are the habits that are ultimately going to lead you to get to that position? What are the the things, whatever you want to call them, that are going to ultimately lead you to that, that position? Or what are you going to have to do when you're at that position? And then rather than thinking, okay, I need to lose fat first before I can start that process, you need to come up with, if that is the approach you want to take, you need to come up with reasons why delaying learning all of those things is a more effective approach than just learning them all at the start. You know, again, like how to train, all the habits around training, all that kind of stuff. Like you have to come up with a reason why that would be a good idea to delay that, you know? Can you think of any, Gary? Any what? Reason to delay learning any, all that? Any reason why delaying that learning process would be a good thing? If you enjoy being a beginner, 
maybe like if you if you just enjoy the process of starting something new all the time and being shit at it like i think there's some novelty there but i would consider that more like a a multi-year thing you know like oh yeah you did weight training for five years you squeezed out like that 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 to be fair that's a kind of a good argument like if you if you do something for five to ten years and you squeeze out 90 to 99 percent of the gains you're ever going to get in that department that's a good time to then move on you know i've definitely found that since i initially started with weight training and you know just got really 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 big and really really strong you know when i got my deadlift up to like 300 for 10 once i got to that <laughs> I, I actually i actually remember that you used to weigh as well like i think it was like 315 pounds wasn't it somewhere yeah 315 pounds yeah when i shredded obviously so once i got to that point then when i took up jogging that was quite fun as well but by the time i hit like the two hour 30 marathon i was kind of like yeah i'm just going to take up jujitsu now so i've, I've kind of stopped that as well since i got my brown belts but uh, we'll see what's next <laughs> yeah just for anyone listening for the first time gary is none of those things <laughs> none of those things not even like 20 percent towards any of those things <laughs> i would have said 10 percent, but anyway <laughs> um yeah like you can make an argument for the novelty aspect but again like i would rather see people actually achieve their goals first of all and then they can start talking about novelty you know yep i agree i agree yeah no any any ch- changing things over the short term just doesn't make a whole pile of sense like yeah i'm, I'm kind of being satire but yeah there is something to being a beginner over multiple things over five to ten years but i mean give away training five to ten years and then think oh maybe i'll add in something else you know Right. So I think we've covered a lot. I don't know if we covered everything. It was kind of a, a bit of an all over one, but uh, I do think it will hopefully help some people kind of conceptualize these things. However, I do want to also say that losing fat and then building muscle is not necessarily a bad approach overall. If you are engaging in resistance training from the start, like again, if you make sure that you're like, okay, this is the goal physique that I have. This is the, the ultimate goal that I have. This is what I want to achieve. If you're, if you're doing that and you're like, okay, these are all the, the habits that I need to engage in, or I'm told I need to engage in to achieve that and then maintain that or build on that. Then if you start them straight away, you do all those things straight away and you're still like, okay, well, I'm just unhappy with the way my physique looks looks i want to lose some fat you can still focus on fat loss that's perfectly fine that's the valid way to go about things lose some fat first and then really focus on muscle building the the real issue becomes when you start delaying the habits you need to either gain or maintain the physique that you actually want you know like if you are if you know resistance training is required for the physique that you want and you are delaying actually engaging in resistance training then you are not going to ultimately achieve the physique that you want in a time frame that is likely to be acceptable for encouraging you to continue training. You know, like we said earlier on, if you are doing that cardio and fat loss for six months and you just become a smaller version of yourself, that's kind of discouraging. And then to then layer on top that, oh yeah, you actually have to be a beginner because you've, you haven't learned any of these skills for resistance training, you don't know how to train hard, you don't know how to actually use these machines, these weights, you don't know how to do any of that stuff. You know, you're disappointed in the way your physique looks, and now you then have to go in and go, okay, I'm a rank beginner again. You know, like you've effectively just made things harder for yourself over the 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 long term, you know? So ultimately what we was what we would suggest is yeah, you can still focus on the, the fat loss. That's perfectly fine. But for most people, 
what we would suggest is doing some resistance training, doing some cardiovascular training, and effectively treating yourself like you are no different than someone who is uh, an intermediate. You know, don't think of yourself as a beginner. Think of yourself as a beginner in terms of, okay, I have to learn these skills, these habits, et cetera. But think of yourself as, okay, what are the, the people that are somewhat close to the physique that I want? What are they doing? right and obviously there's outliers or whatever but if the vast majority of them are lifting weights doing a little bit of cardio you know sticking to their diet eating a certain way whatever it is you know it's probably a good idea for you to emulate those results or or those habits you know that's probably going to lead you to get the results that you actually want to achieve now that's not to say you're going to get everything right or that those people are doing everything right but if you look at the general concept of what they're doing you know it's like okay they're applying resistance training or they're applying resistance tension to their muscles because they want to build muscle get stronger you know then that's probably something that you have to do if that is your goal you know and do you have anything else to say on that Gary for this person so again going back to the very start if this person is coming to you and they've listened to this and they're still kind of like okay I still feel like I need to lose fat and then I can build muscle what are you saying to them to convince them uh one if you want to get some short-term results like as in if you want to be like yeah I want to look good sooner rather than later doing your weight training as soon as possible is probably a good idea. You're at least going to be more satisfied with your initial fat loss. You know, if you initially lose that 10 kilos and you've been, you've been weight training, there's going to be some extra muscle there. It's going to make you look a bit better. Um, if that's like purely your intent, um, from a, a, a strength or performance based perspective, it's going to be pretty nice to not only be losing weight, but also be gaining strength relatively regularly. Like, I mean, there's a lot of pleasure that comes with, getting your first 60 kilo bench, getting your first 100 kilo squat, you know, these, these, these goals that kind of come early on in your training career. If, when you start to... That, to was, hit, that was a, a 200 kilo bench for you, wasn't it? Well, I, that took about six months. Like, I don't want them to have to wait that long, you know. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, those, those first little milestones, like, they're some of my fondest memories in the gym. Like, you remember the first time, like, you did your first 60 kilo bench and it was just the worst technique in the world, but you got there and it's a great feeling. And for me, like, when I first started training, that was far more, like, enjoyable than just thinking about um, what's the, what are the aesthetic outcomes. So obviously that's a, that can be a big driver for many people. And in this case, it's obviously a concern. So if you can have wins in multiple different areas, your training adherence is going to be much better. And your adherence to the process long-term is going to be much better because... I think we kind of forget that, you know, sometimes some of us uh, and, and a lot of people in the like quote unquote evidence-based community, we often, often end up on our high horses saying to people, oh no, you know, you must, you must play the long game and have realistic expectations. Whereas when we all got into training, we did not have realistic expectations. Like I thought I was going to be Ronnie Coleman in two years. Like that's, that's it. But they're the types of things that make training enjoyable. It's getting into it and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get huge. Look at this progress. I'm adding 10 kilos to the bar a week. Too easy. Or every week, too easy. And like the types of things that are actually fun. And if you, if you enjoy that process and you take those steps, then you're going to have a pretty fun training experience. So it can be fun as well. Um, so they'd be the main things that I would say. Um, and, and yeah, the, all, all of your advice regarding specifics definitely stands and that'd be my advice. Yeah, I think that is a, a big thing that is often forgotten that 
the enjoyment aspect of training like it comes in obviously multiple forms like it could be social aspects etc whatever but one of the things that is really enjoyable especially if you are doing resistance training and we'll say cardiovascular training is you can set multiple goals you know like resistance training you can set goals for your chest you can set goals for your shoulders you can set goals for your back your legs your hamstrings like whatever it is you can set a particular goal strength wise for that volume wise maybe you want to do like 140 kilos squat for 20 reps or something you're like that's that's my goal you know um you can set all these goals have multiple goals going at the one time right now obviously you don't want to have like multiple conflicting goals but you can do that and you can also layer on some cardio goals you're like oh i want to improve my 5k time i want to improve you know my uh my resting heart rate i want to improve my you know uh, ability to push hard in a 10 to 30 second domain you know there's so many ways that you can improve you know so if you are focusing purely on one thing well yes you can definitely become a specialist in that um if that's not ultimately where you want to be or what you want to be doing you know if you're like oh i'm doing cardio because i need to lose fat and you fucking hate cardio or you're like oh i can't wait to actually you know start doing some stuff that's actually going to take me towards my goals doing resistance training getting stronger etc like you're following all these individuals online you're like oh they have great physiques and that's what i want to to look like and you're not doing the thing that's ultimately going to get you there like in my mind i'm just like okay well like let's just let's just start doing the thing that's going to get you there sooner rather than later you know because ultimately that's going to lead you to the goal sooner rather than later and that's not to say you jump the gun on everything but in this conversation there i see no reason why you should focus on doing only cardio first and then doing resistance training yes i can see a reason to be like i want to focus on fat loss first and then i can focus on muscle building that's a perfectly perfectly valid approach but you get much better outcomes if you are doing resistance training and cardio while you are dieting down versus the person that only does cardio they're like i need to lose the fat first you know again you don't want to become a beginner twice in my mind i'm like that's that's one of the biggest issues and also the big issue is that you're probably going to be disappointed at that halfway mark you know when you're like okay well i've lost a lot of fat but i still am happy with my physique like why would you make yourself unhappy twice when you can make yourself unhappy once <laughs> where you're like, I just need to build muscle and lose fat. Why don't you just start doing the two of them at the same time? When like Gary said, most people are unhappy with their, their physique. Anyway, you know, you and might as life. well be moving. What? And their life. Yeah. So you <laughs> might as well be moving towards what you actually want to achieve at the same time you know like you can build muscle you can get good at resistance training get stronger get all those fucking milestones like Gary was saying and enjoy the process or you can just be like oh, i need to only lose fat and i'm just going to do cardio and then you know like we were saying earlier on like the rest of your day you start doing less activity you know you're not learning you're not burning as much uh body fat anymore because your overall non-exercise activity thermogenesis is reduced and Ultimately, it's just not a, a great experience. And if you are, like Gary was saying earlier on, you are someone that's like, I actually want to be an endurance athlete. I want to do a lot of running. That's perfectly fine. I would still argue that, you know, doing some resistance training is probably a good idea just from an injury uh, prevention or mitigation standpoint, like getting some stronger hamstrings, getting some stronger knees, if you want to call them, like, you know, that whole structures all around that, getting some stronger hips, you know, getting some strong upper body, you know, like having all those things, it's probably a good thing for sporting activities in general, you know? And um, 
Anyway, Gary, do you have anything else to add to the conversation or shall we wrap I it up here? I think that's all, G. Do you want me to keep talking? G, what? Do you want me to just keep talking? Like, <laughs> Anyway, Gary, where can people find us, engage with our services, have fun, and do whatever? You can. Do you know what, actually? We, what we need to do is just fucking record me saying this so I don't have to say it every week. Like a professional so you don't say it every week. I say it sometimes. I just have been pushing it off to you because most of the time I'm talking on the podcast these days because you're so, so distracted with all your studies in all that medical science, all that fake stuff. Too busy trying to learn the malarial life cycle, which is really so important, you know? It is um, actually extremely important. Malaria kills a lot of people worldwide. Fuck's sake, Gary. I know, 483,000 people a year, man. Yeah, it's nearly, nearly, and I mean nearly the same as alcohol, which is at 3 million. Oh, wait, no, it's not. The Chad alcohol versus malaria. Degenerate. Paddy's coming down for the Tree Ash Christmas party to Cork in two weeks, and we're going to get fucked up man <laughs> no sir i do not do that i know i'm joking anyway that would not um, be me and i have two weeks of exams in front of that so not great i'm telling you you're gonna you're gonna go off the walls man you're gonna be finishing your exams you're gonna be like man pass me the whiskey anyway right if you'd like to engage with our services you can of course join our facebook community the triage method community on facebook you could alternatively subscribe to our newsletter which i highly recommend that you do i've got it scheduled for 17 minutes time goes out every sunday morning um so you should get on that and we send out like to be honest if you don't give a shit about our content the resources that go in there every week are pretty damn useful because you can just collect them all. They're all there in our resources archive and you can just have lots of good information to go to every week. We normally give a book recommendation. What was our book recommendation this week to give people an idea? Oh, it was Letters from a Stoic by Seneca. That was my recommendation for this week. We've got a, a research paper recommendation that relates to, you know, whether or not flexion is a consideration for lifting and low back pain. We've got an article on average thinking, the crossover between economics and physics, like fucking big, diverse stuff. And of course, we've got Jocko Willink on the Joe Rogan podcast with Tulsi Gabbard, also recommended in that email newsletter. So yeah, we give you a diverse range of things that I don't always necessarily agree with or we don't necessarily agree with, but I think just being exposed to a wide variety of ideas is good for you as a human. So, you know, there you go. There's that. And also you can, you know, subscribe to us on Facebook if you want or like us on Facebook, follow us, whatever it is. Um, it's a good way to keep up, but I would just recommend the, the Facebook community and the newsletter as being the best places to keep up with us. Of course, follow us on Instagram if you'd like. Um, you can follow both me and Patty on Instagram as well. Like both of us are back on the gram. Well, I'm not really until next week. When exams are over, we'll both be posting fairly regularly. So that's the real Patty Farrell, all one word, or skinny guys, all one word on the gram. Um, and of course, Triage Method on Instagram and YouTube as well. And um, both of us are about to finish our exams, which means that we'll be posting way more um, on all platforms, especially YouTube, because that's where we really want, want to put out a lot of useful videos for people. So that's Triage Method on YouTube. And we've also got a lot of stuff there that's that's just archived. You know, there's lots of lots of old videos, such I'm as... Sure we have like nearly fucking 400 videos, but anyway. Yeah, like there's the, the, like whatever about the podcast, whatever about the vlogs, you know, we've got a full exercise library there that gives you, you know, our basic kind of ground ground level general generalist guidelines on how to do each of the exercises that one might want to do for different body parts so that's useful even if you want to share it with family and friends you know i've, I've heard of some people doing that where they're like oh i was actually 
getting my brother or sister into the gym and I sent them some of these videos, they're freely accessible. Why not use them? And of course, you can engage with our actual services. Online coaching space is available one-to-one. And that generally tends to fill up around this time of year. Well, it's actually like on the 28th of December, everyone's like, hey, I want coaching for the new year. So um, it's actually, it's actually, it's actually really annoying, but it's also understandable. Everyone at this time of year doesn't sign up, right? But then it's like, oh yeah, straight after Christmas, I'm gonna sign up, right? But you also get this second wave, which is this is which is really annoying because like this is why we try to put out content, like to kind of put ourselves out of a job to to an extent. Um, but you get this wave of people coming in in January where they're like, oh yeah, I need to lose fat, I need to fucking transform my life and whatever. And then you also get this wave coming in in February, right? And that's generally people that are like, oh yeah, I was trying for the last four weeks, but you know, I, I haven't got any results. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I need some help, you know? And again, it's like, it's understandable why both those two people come in to it. Cause again, like it makes sense. You're like, okay, I'm trying hard putting in the work in January and nothing seems to be working. I'm not able to do this. February comes along. You're like, okay, now I need some help. Let's reach out to someone. But yeah, it's that it's, that's why we try to put out information so that people can actually help themselves. And yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's the thing. Like don't sign up to one-to-one coaching if you don't need it. You know what I mean? Like obviously it's beneficial. Like my college fees are 15 grand a year. It'd be really useful if you signed up. (laughs) You don't have to. No, in all seriousness, like one-to-one coaching is for some people and it's not for others. And that's regardless of whether you're thinking about signing up with us or other or other coaches, you know, there's plenty of other useful coaches out there. And like one-to-one coaching is for the person who's like, I have specific goals. I have identified some specific limiting factors and I want to start moving towards that path or the person who's just like, look, I really benefit from kind of hands-on information. Tell me what to do. Tell me why, you're, why, why we're doing it and move forward. You know, a lot of people benefit from or, more hands Or on that as well, the accountability. Some people's like, I just need to say to someone, I did this this week, you know, even if it's just very hands-off accountability, you know, I think that's a, one of the <clears throat> underplayed benefits of, one-to-one like just having someone to be accountable like i've started doing that with some of my clients that are like finished up with me just being like right so you're going to still check in on me in a month's time and then maybe six weeks after that or something so there still is some accountability aspect to the the whole process so that when they're off on their own yeah they've built up the habits we've gotten to a place where you know we're, we're pretty good with everything training nutrition whatever um but they still know that okay i at the end of this month i have to check in and ensure that i'm doing everything right and that everything has been going to plan and i'm going to do another check-in after that and i've been seeing a lot better long-term results with that so i think accountability is one of the reasons to also sign up for online coaching but with that being said i actually think most people the majority of people would benefit from the group coaching right it effectively allows you to outsource everything you don't have to think about it like obviously you have to think about actually doing it you know obviously you have to think about like your nutrition and whatever else as you're eating but you're like okay i know here's a plan i just have to follow the plan and we're good you know like i think that's that's probably the most beneficial for most people who don't want to be like oh uh, let me think about what exact training i should do it's like no here's the plan you just follow the plan just tick the boxes as you go boom cool nutrition cool boom it's done you know it's just follow the plan type of deal if you are someone that's like oh well i want to do stuff myself i want to be able to you know get results myself i want to learn more like the the templates we have on site that's probably the the place to go you know where you're like okay cool i just want to uh, have some sort of 
template to my resistance training and I want to have scientific principles, but I want to be in charge myself. I want to be able to chop and change things as I see fit. Templates, 100% way to go. Um, related to this podcast as well, if people are interested, we do have a beginner's guidebook, you know? So if you're like, okay, I'm, it's New Year's, it's whatever, I want to get in shape, I want to do whatever, like, get a get the beginner's guidebook buy it for someone else i don't mind you know like that's perfectly cool with me um and effectively you have all the information there to get the results that you want in the new year you know it, it is a beginner's guidebook we talk you through everything you need to know as a beginner you know it's it's pretty comprehensive yep yes sir i think that's everything is it that's everything yes it is gary I guess then that that is that is goodbye. Don't ever sing on this podcast again. That's with Dania. Right. I'm ending this recording, Gary.